Shut up and sit down. I'm Dr. Corbin Weaver, an OB-GYN resident. I'm Dr. Katie Wyatt, and I'm one too. And I'm Dave Etler, their pod father. And, and we, we are, are the Vagabonds. Three friends venturing through the world of feminism and healthcare for women, babies, and people of all kinds. We don't give medical advice, and we don't speak for anyone other than ourselves. We're just recording conversations we'd be having in bars anyway. Today, we're going to be talking about Zika virus. Zika? Um, what it is and its effect on pregnancy and pregnant women. All right. Woo. So, Dave, what do you know about Zika virus? <laughs> well. That was a big yawn, Katie. I yawned? Oh. Someone yawned. It wasn't me. Oh, I don't it's know. A ghost yawn. Zika. I know a lot about Zika, mm-hmm. as you might expect. Yeah, I feel like you would. As you might expect. Zika. Um, mm-hmm. Zika virus is a, it's a, it's a virus, uh, it mm-hmm. means, uh, you can't uh, take antibiotics for it that I know. Uh, also, uh, it, uh, seems to be linked to a number of, um, <clears throat> congenital defects in babies. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't seem to make most people very sick. Um, Mm-hmm. Who 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 have it? Um, instead, it's uh, I'm not even sure. Is it like a respiratory infection? I'm not even sure it's that. Um, just makes people so makes people some feel like crap. Makes most people not feel much of anything. But it can make uh, unborn babies very sick. Unborn fetus size, fetuses, feet high. Yeah. So that's the whole episode. I guess we can start yeah. recording well, now. <laughs> I don't know what you expected. I thought Dave was just going to straight up tell us what kind of virus it was too. Yeah, so Zika virus, uh, and the reason why I thought of this is because Zika virus is actually something like, now that I'm in Texas, we actually actively screen for in our like prenatal care. Oh, sure, yeah. Which is not like the case when I lived in Iowa. So I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about it. It was like, obviously, it's not so much a hot topic anymore, but... I mean, I mean, a few a few years ago, it was like all the rage on the news and all that, but... It doesn't really get as much news coverage, but it's still just as really even more prevalent and more of a concern just kind of continues to spread. I mean, a few years ago, was it it, it wasn't a virus that was sort of new. Um, no. But it was, yeah, actually. But it, was, it was in the news because it was there was an increase uh, in cases, especially in the southern hemisphere, I want to say. Yeah. So Zika virus was actually like first um found uh or discovered in africa Mm. in i want to say the 70s and um there were only like 50 cases kind of known up until the big kind of boom of it all a few years ago so um and since then almost every state in the u.s has reported at least one case of a pregnant woman with evidence of zika virus Mm. um and usually it's like travel during the that time most of the cases we talk about now are in South and Central America, but um, obviously there are still cases like in Africa and um, cases into like the U.S. in some parts. Yes. Yeah, so you're saying that a lot of the cases that we hear about in the U.S. are from by are with, with people who have traveled to other countries. Yeah. Either they've traveled or their partners yeah. have traveled because um, Zika virus is spread both by the mosquito, the Aedes aegypti mosquito, um, and also through sexual contact, contact and blood, like blood exposure. Mm. So um, there, so like 
even if you haven't traveled, if like your partner's traveled and con- contracted Zika virus, then you can also uh, get Zika virus, which is kind of interesting. Um, Zika virus is a flavivirus. Flavivirus. Yes. Does anybody know what flavivirus, what's in the flavivirus Delicious flavors. I do. Katie, let us know. What are they? <laughs> Uh, West Nile. Yep. St. Louis encephalitis virus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pepsi. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember the other ones. Uh, dengue. Dengue, yeah. And yellow fever. Oh, yeah. Yellow fever. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the, um, the and it's the 80s Egypti and 80s albopicus mosquitoes that are the intermediate hosts of the Zika virus. Um... So Which some I of this... was like reading about this the other day, and yeah, the eighties Egypti is not like the regular mosquito that you like think of when you like if you live in the U.S. Like it's not mm. like the little little mosquito that bites you and makes you itch. Like these are big mosquitoes. It looks like so stay I away from the big ones. Yeah, I guess I pretty I much know. would I think if I saw a big ass mosquito. Yeah. yeah, I try to stay away from all mosquitoes. Yeah, for sure. Um, which is a losing battle in Texas, I must mm. say. Yeah, um, just like here. all the bugs are here, like all of them, probably every yeah. single bug. Well, now because of the hurricane, all the mosquitoes are worse here. Oh yeah. Well, really, totally. in, in um North Carolina, I heard they're really bad. It's like the mosquito index is like ten out of ten right now. Ooh, that's a terrible index. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's when you don't want to have one hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So we were talking a little bit about the symptoms. Um. Fever, rash, arthralgia, which is like pain in your joints. Um. Which is sometimes people confuse arthralgia and arthritis. Arthritis actually means swelling in your joints, and arthralgia is pain in your joints. Mm. Um. Conjunctivitis. That's just a little fun fact. Just put it in your back pocket for. Uh, thanksgiving dinner so really nondescript right like this could be pretty much anything like any viral illness like this could be the flu this could be like rhinovirus you know so super nondescript other than like i mean you would have a clinical suspicion of it if like someone had recently traveled or their partner had traveled or whatever but this you know zika virus itself like in the like adult you know non-fetus infected person is like not uh, like very serious condition yeah it's pretty benign yeah. um right pretty benign really however when it infects a woman who is pregnant and for the like first time get infected with the virus that is kind of when it causes like the big kind of public health emergency and the public health problems because um it has like some pretty significant impact on um on fetuses so the, the the big one that was talked about when when uh, when it was in the news was microcephaly. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. um that's kind of the big one. Um. So of note, like it's not that pregnant women are like more susceptible to Zika virus, but it's just like obviously it's a bigger impact in pregnant mm. women. Um. So that's kind of where we talk about it in pregnant women more. Some of the uh, complications are, like we said, severe microcephaly and also like a partially collapsed skull. Um, thin cerebral cortex with calcifications. 
noted in the subcortical region so your cortex is like kind of like the bigger i mean what i think probably most people think of as their brain mm-hmm. is the cortex right. um macular scarring so that's like the part of your eye um where you kind of like um i guess that absorbs light so where um, the rods and cones are yeah right? where the rods right. and cones yeah yeah so it's i mean other than the optic nerve one of the most important parts of your sight probably mm-hmm. um i don't know all the ophthalmologists can debate that one i don't really care <laughs> um Goddamn uh, ophthalmologists god how, yeah how dare they we're gonna get a bunch of angry letters from ophthalmologists how now dare they they're a rowdy bunch so and then like focal pigmentary retinal modeling um Ooh which is i mean like your retina is like part of oh my gosh i realize how crappy i am at i anatomy now it's part of your macula right no <laughs> your retina? macula no your macula is part of your retina yeah, yeah. yeah okay yeah the macula your macula density. is like the the focal part where like it, you have the finest like yeah, um that's s- where your sight yeah are. that's where your color vision right is. and then your retina is like the bigger kind of part of yeah. the back of your eye basically right i'm saying that right right i think so and then so you're modeling and stuff so anyway it's just you have the eyes are just not great they're just fucked up yeah and congenital contractures their joints can be like stuck in certain positions and stuff so um and then hypertonia so that means like they're like floppy like they can't when you have tone like that means you can like maintain a posture basically and if you're um hyper oh sorry hypertonia so it means you're like all see like spasmed up and stuff muscles are just so, really contracted um, time, right yeah like always tense it's not like a seizure where you're yeah. like but more just like all the time having that so um and none of these things for i mean none of these things are really treatable no they aren't i mean once a baby has it a baby right. has it or fetus has it um so and there's not like so the research isn't great about this because this is like something that's recently become a like public health interest Mm -hmm. so obviously our research is like behind yeah but um i guess there's a study from brazil in 2016 that like found these like severe abnormalities in fetus in a like in about 29 percent of fetuses of zika infected mothers in all trimesters so like we call in like medicine we call that penetrance which is like i know like a awkward way to say <laughs> not a good enough reason to use the word penetrate yeah um so that means like the amount of people who, who like in genetics it's like the amount of people who carry a disease that express the like if they carry the genotype they express the phenotype so they carry the gene they express it like in their you know body or their health or whatever so 29% is not a huge penetrance, but obviously it's like well, it, devastating. It's such, a so. prof- it's, it's such a profound set of symptoms that even though it's not ubiquitous, the, the cost to the individual and to the families and is huge. Right. Right. Absolutely. And um, I mean, potentially there are like, you know, a lot of people sub- susceptible to this virus, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Um so just like people like just as many people who can be you know susceptible to dengue or whatever so um it becomes a big public health issue i seem to recall that brazil was 
one of the, um, I mean, it was, it was, you know, in, in South America and it's one of the countries that was most affected by Zika, if I remember correctly. Um, and, uh, you know, they did a lot of research. There was a lot of talk about, you know, maybe we can find a, an immunis or a vaccine, things like that. But I don't recall how far yeah. that has gotten. We believe they're still working on it. Right, Katie? I think so. Yeah, they're still working on it. I haven't heard of one yet. Yeah, nothing yet. Or nothing that's become clinically useful or relevant, for sure. Um, Right now, it's kind of like, um, which is actually a great lead-in, because right now it's more about, like, primary prevention. So, things like, um, well, not traveling to areas where Zika has been reported. Um, Also, take But if you do travel, like, avoiding mosquito bites, so using things like DEET, with your bug spray, um, covering exposed skin, um, staying in like screened in areas or treating your clothes with like DEET or permethrin, um, also using like mosquito nets and stuff like that. So things like that are kind of like the main, you know, basically anything you would do to stop a mosquito bite. And also, um, you know, like if your partner has traveled to a Zika endemic place, um, you know, using condoms when you have sexual relations so that you can't, you know, spread it back and forth or, well, not spread it back and forth rather, but just spread it from, you know, sexually. Um, Because they do believe that once, this is like not confirmed, but it's believed to be that once you have it, once you're immune, but that's not like totally like set in stone fact um and so i mean you may be wondering and i'm so glad you asked this question is (laughs) um what happens for people who want to become pregnant who you know like have either traveled to this area coincidence that was the question um, i was gonna ask yeah so weird i just can read your mind we're on the same wavelength Mm. um so there's There's basically a certain amount of time uh, that ACOG and the CDC recommend for um, waiting to become pregnant. So for women who have had either symptoms or like possible exposure, they wait. They recommend waiting at least eight weeks. And then for men, they recommend waiting at least three months after symptoms or possible exposure because Zika can actually last in um, semen for quite a while. Yeah. Eight um, weeks surprises me. That seems low. I know, because I for a long time always thought it was like six months. Yeah, seems. yeah, but this is what it has on ACOG right now. Nice. Well, that's so good. yeah, and um, Zika though Zika IgM can last for um like twelve to four months. That is a is that so an antibody? That's the yeah, that's the antibody. That's like the acute antibody. That's the antibody that your body expresses in the acute acute Mm -hmm. phase so usually with like a preliminary reaction and um it can last for longer than the virus itself so if you like test for igm antibody it can be like someone could test positive but not really be infected with zika anymore Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a like a confounder if you will um which also the fact that you well, hopefully, if you get it once and you can't get it again, that would be like the most helpful thing because that right. means like a v- vaccine would potentially be like more effective, and mm. it would mean that like everyone who yeah is getting exposed now would like be protected mm. in the future. Hopefully, yeah. Any vaccine that could you know cause an immune reaction. I mean, I just got my flu shot today. Thank you. 
I think I'm getting that tomorrow. For those of us who cannot get the flu shot, I thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome, Dave. Anytime we ever talk about game, anyone asks me about Guillain Barre, I always think of you, Dave. <laughs> that was my goal in getting Guillain Barre. I wanted everybody to think about. Yeah. And every that's, oh, that's like me and Bell's yes. Palsy. In every house episode, we had a we had a patient with Bell's palsy the other day, and they're like, "What do we do?" And I was like, "I know." <laughs> you <Nothing>. wait. <laughs> steroids. Steroids. Um, a burst of steroids. Good times. Doesn't help. <laughs> You're so cute when you had uh, Bell's palsy. You're all lopsided. Ugh. Yeah, I looked like I yep. had a stroke. It was so yep. sad. Anyway. Anyway. So you can like order some tests to test for Zika virus if you suspect it in your patient. Right now, the CDC only recommends it in um, people who have like had and like who are high risk and like have had symptoms, not like just like routine testing. Mm-hmm. Um, because of just like the. The properties of the tests, um, though the antibodies may react with other flavor viruses like dengue and chikungunya. Oh, chikungunya is one we didn't mention. It's mm. my favorite. It's my Break favorite bone virus fever. name. Yeah. Chikungunya, yeah. AKA breakbone yeah. fever, which sounds that just sounds terrible. Yeah. Pregnant women, what do you do for them if you think I they've had an know. exposure? Nothing. I mean, the problem is you can't really do anything <laughs> for them after they've been, you know, like it's just like you can't do anything that will like stop any effects that may or may not happen. Yeah, I mean, that seems like that ship would have already basically sailed. Do do mm-hmm. we know? Yeah, totally. It and it. Yeah. Do it we has. know though? Um, so, at what? stage of pregnancy most of the damage is done because there are critical periods in in a gestation right i mean they don't um they don't know because there's not enough research but typically how it goes with these things you're more like if you're infected in the third trimester you're more likely to show symptoms though if you're infected in the first trimester it's more likely to be a severe like the the effects on the fetus like the fetus yeah yeah, the effect on the fetus will be severe rather than later in pregnancy um it'll it's more likely to have an effect on the fetus but usually less severe that's just like a general rule of these like um we call them like torch infections and and is that because like a lot of the work in laying down the 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 structure of the fetus is being done in the beginning yeah absolutely like two to eight weeks is um organogenesis so that's when your organs are being made which is kind of interesting right because most people i mean this is something i don't think a lot of people realize you know like and this is why um if you actually talk to your OBGYN before you become pregnant which is you know kind of rare in today's society Mm -hmm. um that they will tell you you should be on a prenatal vitamin before you become pregnant because most people don't even know they're pregnant until oh, sh- like, I mean, at the earliest four yeah, weeks, sure. you know, usually around eight weeks or so, depending on how regular periods are and how on top of it you are. Um, so by that time, your baby's organs are made, you know, yeah. the neural tube has developed. Which is cray cray. Yeah. So yeah, I always tell all my patients 
basically regardless of if they want to become pregnant or not like i just tell them to be on a prenatal vitamin yeah i mean it's the only vitamin regulated by the fda so that's what i always say too yeah really yeah Yeah. a lot of other vitamins they just like you don't have to prove that what they say is in them is in them because they're not regulated by the fda Mm. so like people i mean i'm not saying that everybody does this but i'm just saying that yeah it's a thing so that's when the only that, vitamin like people come to me and are like what vitamin should i take and i'm like literally the only one that actually like is proven to do anything is a prenatal and you're talking yeah. you're talking yeah. specifically about folic acid well the prenatal no. vitamin itself has like iron and, well some of them have iron and other things but like yeah. whatever it says on the bottle is like the fda regulates that to make sure that it's like actually what oh so if there. it says prenatal vitamin that means the fda can oh okay yeah it's yeah. it supplements like people for what like are their required needs in pregnancy is yeah. what a prenatal vitamin oh, does okay. basically and so it's not anything that's more special than a f- like a regular multivitamin other than the fact that like this there are specific amounts like targeted to uh, like pregnancy mm-hmm. needs i did not realize that so it's not like i feel like a lot of people feel like there's some sort of like hormone in there related to pregnancy or something and so they can't take it when they're not pregnant but it's totally not or like it'll make them more fertile or something and it totally won't Hmm. it just makes sure that you like have the nutrients you need to like be able to grow a fetus essentially right well i learned something i didn't know anybody i didn't know any of that yeah i feel like prenatal vitamins are like one of those things that are so prevalent but also like very misunderstood at least by me and like at least by me i always tell my patients leaving i mean we always obviously recommend them to like keep taking their prenatal vitamin postpartum but even my postpartum visits i'm like you should just keep taking this like yeah there's no reason for you to stop taking your prenatal vitamin and especially if you're breastfeeding you should definitely keep taking it because breastfeeding takes a lot out of you yeah so that there's our psa of the mm. day yeah i'm gonna go out and get me some prenatal Dave, vitamins go get yourself a prenatal yeah. vitamin delicious um one time i was at hy back in the good old days when i could still shop yeah. at Hy-Vee, and um i was buying prenatal vitamins because if i was good at taking vitamins which i'm not um i uh i was buying for prenatal vitamins for my daily vitamin and the like checkout lady since i go there you know i was i shopped weekly she like knew i was a med student yeah she knew i was a med student and so she's like you're pregnant how are you pregnant you're a med student and i was like i'm not pregnant few people realize that (laughs) uh, being in med school eliminates the possibility of being pregnant yeah totally impossible virus i don't know any other thoughts about it it was i remember it being very scary Um, yeah i mean it is a scary thing still i I mean mean, back when it was in the news you know like we didn't know much about it um it kind of reminded me of a lot of the other scary um viruses that you know some sort of come out of places around the around the world where healthcare isn't great um and uh you know we don't know anything about it and so people are freaking out about it and all that kind of stuff that you know that all that fervor has 
sort of died down over it, but it's still a pretty dangerous um, virus. We've just sort of gotten used to sort of a new normal. And now there's another virus that's going to come and get us. Right. Yeah. Oh, one other thing I wanted to say about Zika. Corbin and I were talking about this the other day. So babies with microcephaly for any reason have an increased risk of having a shoulder dystocia. Basically, what happens is that the head delivers, but then the shoulder gets stuck either behind the pubic bone or on the Mm. sacrum. And so, like, the baby gets stuck, and it's, like, potentially very dangerous for the baby. Um, But because of the baby's small head when they have microcephaly, like, the cervix and everything doesn't, like, dilate as much as it needs to for the shoulders to come out. And so you have an increased risk of shoulder dysocia, even though the baby can be, like, smaller. Mm. Yeah. Um, So a big baby with Zika is just, like, a recipe for disaster. Mm. Yeah. So Zika is prevalent, or at least exists, in Texas where you are, Corbin. Absolutely. In fact, I... Are there many, um, at this point, uh, uh, fetal defects, fetal anomalies, fetal problems for for people that you've seen? Yeah. 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 So it's not like that Mm -hmm. dangerous, like we're seeing I mean, it's not like something that we see like a lot, a lot, but it's like, I've seen it. I think it also is like our patient population who we serve is like largely an immigrant population. So they're like, coming from places like South or Central America or they're traveling to places like South and Central America to visit their families and stuff. So, I mean, they have more of an exposure for that. Mm. Um, you know, so I just looked up in ACOG. So they do say that first trimester, there's like limited data that shows um, more severe out- adverse outcomes in the first trimester. So like I was saying earlier, um and usually there are like serial they do serial ultrasounds to kind of like um assess growth and stuff like that which is what we do whenever we see any like abnormality on ultrasound regardless of whether we can really do anything or not yeah um it just kind of gives you a better idea of it's always good i feel like i mean obviously this is like person's value dependent but it's always good to kind of in my opinion know what you're like working with yeah once you know like the baby comes out like know what kind of like needs they're gonna need and like support physical Mm -hmm. support they're gonna need because especially if you're at like a small hospital that doesn't have a NICU or only has certain things available in their NICU. So like, for instance, our hospital, like we have everything except for peds, cardiothoracic surgery. And so like if a baby has a cardio, like a cardiac defect that requires surgery immediately after birth, then that baby would need to be delivered in Charleston instead of here. So it's like all this stuff, like if you didn't have a NICU and you knew you had a baby with like microcephaly that like probably would go to the NICU, like you would want that patient to deliver somewhere else. Oh, breastfeeding. Um, No reports of infants getting Zika through breastfeeding. Oh, that's good. All right. Yeah. Well, I have something to talk about for news. Oh, man. Let's hear it. Interesting article in the uh, Medicine and Society section of the New England Journal of Medicine uh, this past week. Oh, man. Look hey, at you go. I, I keep up on my journals. <laughs> Your white white yeah, papers. You know, the, the article was about the Me Too movement um, and mm. how mm-hmm. uh, academic medicine, women in academic medicine, are likely experiencing a backlash um, from men because men fear being falsely accused of harassment. So this shows itself, um, according to the authors, in 
mentorship. Men are afraid, apparently, to, um, for instance, be alone with women. Um, so a recent survey for... Wow, how the tables know, right? have turned. So a recent survey have found that 74% of male senior business managers, so different industry, but male senior business managers said that they felt fear was a barrier to men's support for gender equity. Um, as I said, many have stopped meeting with mm-hmm. women alone and many male managers avoid meeting alone with subordinate women. You know, as I, as I suggested, meeting with women can often be done in the context of mentorship, right? I mean, there are... In medicine, mm-hmm. many of the men, many of the leaders are male. So basically, women are being deprived of mentorship. Um, you know, because unfortunately, if you're going to be mentored, you're probably going to be mentored by a man. Am I making any sense here? Yeah, I think I am. Yeah, totally. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for instance, yeah. women occupy like 16% of position as deans in in medical schools. Um, mm. So there are far fewer female um, leaders to mentor women. So all they got is men, and men are chicken shits. Apparently. Yeah. I think the problem is that like men think that all these other guys are being falsely accused because they like don't want to like accept the fact that like sexual harassment and sexual assault happens like literally all the time. And so like, oh, I don't want to be falsely accused when really it's like most of these accusations aren't false and maybe you should just not sexually assault people and then you'll probably be fine. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Like, I actually read this thing on Facebook. You know, I don't know how real it is. One never does. Obviously, it was like a repost. You know, someone had like updated their status about how she was riding in like an Uber pool or something. And the Uber driver was going on about me too and how he's afraid of being accused of sexual assault and they were riding with another male and he like spoke up and he was like, you know how many times I've been worried I was going to be accused of sexual assault? No times. (laughs) Yeah. You know, because like, that's not something that like, if you're, if you should be a, if you're in a gray zone, like you probably did something wrong. Right. Um, so, and especially the way our society considers sexual assault, like if you're in a gray zone, you probably most definitely did something wrong. Well, the, one of the yeah. things that the authors talked about was that, you know, we currently live in, in this area. We currently are experiencing a culture of fear. People are fearing the wrong things. And that fear is out of proportion to reality. So some people are very, some men are very concerned that if... You know, they say something that is ambiguous and it's misinterpreted um, as being harassment. Even if the accusation is false, it could ruin their careers. And I think that's part of it. I don't think that's the main. I'd be surprised if that was the main reason all these men were going around being like, oh, I can't hang around with women, you know. Um, But, you know, there is that component, you know, like, oh, if I say, oh, you look nice today, the woman's going to turn around and, and... slap me with a harassment suit and it'll destroy my life. And you know, that's an, that's an unlikely problem to happen. So yeah. anyway, I yeah. men knock it off. Yeah. You're yeah. probably fine. And if you're really worried about it, go apologize to somebody quick. Yeah. Right. Think about your right. actions. Okay. Good yeah, article. Cool. My fallopian file is the new season of Serial. You should listen to it. It's really good. Oh, yeah. I haven't listened to it. It was really good. I haven't. So this would be the third season, I believe, right? 
Yeah, I didn't listen to number two. Too. It's better than the second season. I did not really listen to the second season. I was not that first, interested. First in it. season was, um, of course, amazing. The third season is it's about like the courthouses in Ohio, actually. Cleveland, Ohio, yeah. Cleveland, Ohio. It's I, I, it's, I've heard that yeah. it's um, not really like the first season. That everybody really, it's it's no, it's a different. It's not, it's not different at all. Story. It's not a different all. kind of story. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's okay. not one story. Right, it's like one context, mm. really. Yeah, it's really good though. Well, can't yeah. wait to go on a long car trip. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so mine will be um, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is an mm. Amazon Prime show. That's a good one. It's so good. I just started watching it last night because so I'm on nights right now, so I stay up all night and then sleep during the day. And right now is my weekend. So Monday and Tuesday are my weekends. Or Sunday and Monday, I guess. Whatever. Um, like, I don't work Sunday night and I don't work Monday night. And so that's my weekend. So I stayed up all night last night, which was Sunday night. Right? Yeah, today's Monday. Today's What's today? Yeah, We're today's recording Monday. this on Monday. Today's yeah. Monday. Uh, so I stayed up all night last night. And so whenever I would get tired of, like, studying, then I would turn on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And I may or may not have watched four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. In one night. That's yeah, fine. I was watching that for a while last year, I think. It's so good. Yeah, it's really funny. And it won an Emmy, so. It did. And then the second season's coming out soon, I guess. So who knows? I'll probably finish the first season tonight, but it's fine. I don't have one. Cool. That's okay. I'm kind of. That's all right. You brought in yeah, news I'm article. I'm kind, of, um, kind of in a cultural doldrum right now, I guess you could say. Mm. Is it because mm. we don't live in it. our I think that's it. I think when you guys left, I found no reason to have anything to do with culture anymore yeah so I'm, I'm sure i'll rebound someday but for now i can't find anything to watch on netflix amazon prime is letting me down um have you watched jack ryan no should prime? i i don't know i just start we just started the first episode today my brother said it's really good yeah that's the one with it's it's it stars uh jim from the office which is which is yeah have you watched to all the boys i've loved <laughs> before it's a movie it's really no. good if you like teen rom-coms uh, that's like very uh i'm not opposed to them but you know it's not my my usual cup of tea is like science fiction movies and and action thrillers and and uh well netflix has a few like be good because it's an action thriller netflix has a few like there's like one i saw a trailer i got a notification on my netflix about there's this like creatures Mm -hmm. moving coming out and what's it called like netflix is trying to do scary movies Uh, for halloween but this isn't uh like a scary movie it's more of like a surreal sort of um let me see i did finish watching uh longmire oh Oh, i like longmire yeah that's a good one he uh walt longmire is my like i feel like crush you know what you guys would get you guys would get along i think you're both you're both kind of stoic yeah kind of stoic kind of yeah He's, yeah, good old yep. Sheriff Longmire. Okay. No, it's a good show, though. I like that one. Um, let me see. And it had a great final one. season, I thought. So. The Curious Creations of Christine McConnell. That's, I don't know how I think it looks, but it's kind of interesting. They have another one carrying it, coming out called Haunting of the Hill House, Hill House which looks mm. really scary. Well, all right. If you're going to hit scary movies. Netflix is trying, doing it yeah. all. Are they trying to do, like, the equivalent of the hallmark christmas movies but for halloween it seems like it they already did their hallmark christmas movies which i never watched screw that not into Mm. it i sure do that not into it it's too early for christmas i love christmas always you're one of those huh Mm -hmm. i don't know if i'm gonna like 
I always love fall and like I like to watch like kind of scary movies around Halloween, but I don't know if I'm going to get into it because it's gonna, the weather's going to be like not folly here. I know it's not folly here either. It was like 90 degrees. Leaves the other are falling day. down here. So if you want to, if you want to, uh, if you want me to alert you when it's officially fall, here's your alert. It's fall it's now. Fall. Okay. You can, you can watch uh-huh. some movies. Well, well all right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, guys, it's all been right. real. It has been. Find us on all the places. Yeah, send us an email. Yeah. The Graham. Send us an email. Uh, reach out to us on, on, on all the places. We'd love to hear your, your uh, questions. We didn't get any uh, listener feedback, did we? Any listener mail or anything? Um, we got one question, well, remember? About pelvic organ yeah. prolapse. Oh. We, so we're going to address that in a oh, forthcoming yeah. episode. From I Julie. Didn't, I didn't notice yeah. that. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you told us about, about that. Me? Dave? I think I did. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think Somewhere I read it. We're clearly on anyway, top of this. Um, but we can, well, well, hopefully soon we'll do it. I've always wanted to do an episode on this because I did a rotation in, in Eurogyn. I think it's really interesting. And one of my friends is a pelvic floor physical therapist. So I think yeah. we could get her on and we could do an episode about it. And then we'll read the whole email. That sounds really good. So stay tuned for that. Uh, did you say Julie? Julie. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll see you All next right. time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.